Our liberties we prize and our rights we will maintain. This is Iowa Civil Rights History Podcast, where we tell stories about the contribution Iowans and the state of Iowa has made to advance the civil rights movement. Past stories are being told, present actions will be highlighted, and preparation for the future will be discussed. Here is your host, Eric Anyange. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you. Welcome to the Iowa Civil Rights History Podcast. I'm coming to you from the historic Mother Mosque of North America in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. In the early 1920s, a group of Muslims in Cedar Rapids, Iowa had a dream to have their own place of worship. So they set up to build their own mosque. Little did they know they were making history. When the construction of the mosque was completed in 1934, it became the first mosque to ever be constructed in North America, right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I traveled to Cedar Rapids today to visit this historic place and to talk to the man who was behind in making the Mother Mosque an historic place, none other than Imam Taha Tawil. Born and raised in Jerusalem, Israel, as a Palestinian Muslim, Imam Taha has a very clear understanding of the difference between war and peace. Growing up as Muslim in a conflict zone with the Jewish and Christian neighbors in Jerusalem, Imam Taha learned a valuable lesson about community and how to maintain peace. He believes knowing your neighbors and living well with them can be a difference between war and peace, and he brought that type of living to Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It is my pleasure to have him on the show today to discuss this historic place and talk a little bit about Islamic faith. Imam, thank you very much for the gift of your time and for the invite for me to come up here and to learn a little bit about the Mother Mosque of North America. Thank you, my friend, and welcome we say ahlan wa sahlan. Welcome uh, to this historical site, which we called Mother Mask of America. And we love what you are doing to let people know that Islam was part of Iowa in the late 1800. We have been here, we have roots for five generations and the symbolic of our existence is this building that we called now Mother Mosque mm-hmm. of America. Let's go back a little bit. So you was born in Jerusalem. I was. And yes. you grew up there. Yes. When did you come to the States? Well, I was born in the late 50s and I finished all my studies from elementary to high school to college. I went to the Jerusalem University and I studied the Islamic law or the Sharia law. And then I practiced as a lawyer. In, in, in Jerusalem? In Jerusalem. Okay. What type of law were you practicing? The Islamic law. Islamic law. Civil law, Civil like law. marriage, divorce, okay. inheritance. Okay. Agreements, things like that. Mm. It was just civil law. And then I came to visit America in 1983. So my brother took me to the American Islamic College in Chicago. And I find their very hospitality and, and they offer me a job. I said, no, I still need to go back. But, yeah. but Dr. Irving, uh, who translated the Quran into American English, he said, listen, I am from Iowa now. I, I am residing there and we need an imam. Were you already an imam at that point? Yes, I okay. was an imam. And for, for some, some people probably have no idea what imam is. Let's define who is imam in Islamic yeah. faith. 
So an imam is a leader of a prayer. Any Muslim qualified to lead a prayer, we give him that term imam. But also an imam can be a head of the state. Also an imam can be a judge. So it depends on the study of that person. The more he know knowledge, the more he is qualified to be an imam. Okay. When I came here in 1983, Dr. Irving was here with me, and he said, uh, you need to go back to school. I said, you know what? I am done. <laughs> I am done. I don't want to go to school. But he said, nope. You need to know this country. Mm. You need to be like any minister, any priest, any rabbi who is educated here. Go and learn. So I applied to University of Iowa for a graduate study, and I went uh, for theology and ethics. So now I am proud to know about Catholicism, mm. about Protestant. I am proud to know about the Orthodox. I'm proud to know about Jehovah's Witness, yeah. Mormons, even Black Islam. Like, like the Nation of Islam? Yes, and okay. other groups. So you, you got to the United States in 1983. Yes, sir. What was the hardest thing for you, I guess, to cope with that, with the culture change? The big shock was the media brought America to us through love boat, through... We called Superman through Tarzan. That's what America in our vision. We thought it's a land of honey and milk, money. You find it in the in street. street. <laughs> so when I landed in Chicago, I was very disappointed. It, that was a little bit of a shock because of the intense of media programming. Your mind, yeah. To, my, to our mind about America. <laughs> Now, as you are from Jerusalem, how do you feel about the relationship between the Palestine and the Israel at this moment? And what is your hope? This is uh, mostly politics. The Palestinians, which are Christian and Muslims, living side by side, also the Jewish. And in fact, Jerusalem is uh, four quarters, and that is... Jewish quarter, Armenian quarter, Christian quarter, and Muslim quarter. So it has been there. We live together as people of faith. Yeah, for years. For years, and yeah. we never have a problem. So do you think the politics is create the problems? Yes, Not yes. The, mm, if you had a power, what do you think the best solution will be? Well, this is a big question. I know for sure... Uh, the PLO and Hamas and all these organizations, they have been negotiating for over 20 years in Oslo, 1993, till now, uh, and they did not come to a solution. Mm. Yeah. Well, you also taught world religion. Yes, I did. Ethics, I did. logic, and philosophy of religion at Lakeland College in Illinois. Talk to me about that. How was that experience? How, how long did you teach that? Well, I taught over 21 years. Wow. I retired in 2017. And you taught all these classes? I did. I did. And it was a wonderful experience for me. 
I always start with ethics. Why is that? Because the student don't know ethics mm-hmm. and uh, how to think and how to make a decision. What is the difference between ethics and morality? So what, what, we have to find, and what is... What is the difference? Uh, philosophy. Oh, well, this is a good <laughs> class now. <laughs> Normally, I tell them, imagine a tree. The tree has roots. It's called philosophy. Philosophy can be anything in your society that affected you. Religion, school, politics, whatever environment you are in, those are your roots. Mm. And slowly, slowly you start picking up your values. So the values is the trunk. Once you get that, you branch out. And those are the basics of your character called ethics. Ethics are codes for life. It's written. Interesting. You've been a member of Civil Rights Commission in Cedar Rapids for seven years. How was that for you? Well, it was beautiful, an eye-opener. I, I wasn't really sure because I came from occupation. So I did not have that liberty of uh, understanding democracy and uh, abuse and uh, discrimination and racism. All of that was not, you know, I was not educated about. You know, when we are in Jerusalem, there are checkpoints. They check your ID, they stop you. Sometimes the food that you take to house, it might be ruined because of the stop, the, the checkpoints check yeah. that you have. And that life, we get used to it. So when I came to America, I found that I have rights. And a lot of freedom. In, and a lot of freedom. I am not anymore chained down. To the like, checkpoints. Yes, like yeah. checkpoints and abuse. So I start advocating justice for all. I became a, a very good friend to the rabbi. Me and the rabbi and another minister from the Lutheran, we sat together and we co-found something called Interreligious Council of Lynn County. So I was a founder of that. When did you guys found that one? Uh, in 1992, we started. 93, we declared it in January 93. But what I want to say is that the civil right gave me that open eye, clarity of the law. The interreligious council gave me the foundation to work together. We all are neighbors here. If somebody wants to become Muslim, beside Shahada, what else do they need to do? Well, uh, let me tell you first the background of Islam. Islam is not a new religion or faith. Islam is the same message mm. that God gave to all his previous messengers. Mm. Islam is Abrahamic. We came through Ishmael, the son of Hagar, the wife of Abraham. So we came to bring back the Abrahamic covenant. God gave Abraham the covenant mm. that there is only one God and there is a day of judgment and we must live in justice and compassion. So this is the Abrahamic message. So that's why Muhammad, who was the descendant of Ishmael, 
came to bring back the message of Abraham, and that is that God is one, has no son, has no daughter, has no equal, no associate. So that is the original message. So we have the people of the book, and those are the, the Jews and the Christian. We are allowed to eat their slaughter. When they slaughter an animal like a lamb, a chicken, all of that is lawful to us to eat. And mm. it's lawful to them also to eat from us. Mm. We also are lawful to marry from them. And so this is because they are people of the book. So the assumption that Muslim don't in a marriage is not true. Well, Muslim men can marry. Okay, okay, I got you. Jewish or and Christian. Christian women. Okay. But not Mus- Jewish men or Christian men marry a Muslim. Muslim woman, okay. A Muslim woman because family has one leader. They work together in the, about the family, but the man take a decision. And so if we allow our women to marry from Jews or Christian, then he will order that they do not recognize Muhammad or message of Islam, Islam or Ramadan. So it will be a conflict. But if the man marry a Christian or a Jew, then he let her practice her religion because in his faith, it says that we coexist with each other and those are people of the book. Mm. So back to your question, the Muslim has the six articles of faith and five pillars. Mm. So the first one we introduced to him that there is only one God. Then we tell them about life after death. Then there is the sixth article, and that is the predestination. God knows what our life will be, but he does not influence us. He let us practice our own will, but he knows at the end where we're going. So I have to submit to, to accept God's will over my will. That is the faith, but then we practice the shahada, the salah, the fasting, the zakat, the hajj, all of these is called rituals. Mm. So there is the faith. And there is the ritual. And there is the ritual. Yeah, so the the, the five times praying is a, is a ritual. It's a ritual. Okay. It's a proof okay. of your faith. It's, okay. Your donation it's, called sadaqah. If you are a true Muslim, you have to give zakat, charity due. That's why a lot of American now become Muslims and we help them financially through the zakat. Interesting you mentioned that. There's a lot of Americans now. I mean, in the last few years, they are converting to Islam. Why do you think that is? Well, that is personal choices. Islam is not an emotional religion. It's a religion of mind. I will not win anybody to come and to become a Muslim unless I convince him. And we invite you to come to the Mother Mosque. We invite you to see the website of the Mother Mosque, Islamic Center of Cedar Rapids, Mass Muslim American Society. There are over 26 Islamic Center in the state of Iowa. Wow. 
I did not know that. Uh, mm. We have over 75,000 maybe in the state of Iowa who are Muslims. Wow. Uh, when a Muslim die, they have to be buried within 24 hours. Yes. Why is that? Not 24, but up to three days. Okay. Yeah, the Prophet Muhammad, وسلم, when he died, because of so many people want to give farewell, they put him and for three days. And, you know, if the family is all here and he died in the morning, we try to bury him the same day. Same day. If the family outside scattered, maybe they need a, another day to be here, we wait. Mm. Or three days. After that, we have to bury. Mm. Because the human in Islam is dignified, uh, alive, and after they die. And the best thing to dignify the person is to bury him or her naturally. How you came out to this life, that is exactly what we do in burial. Mm. The honor of them is to bury them. Yeah, you don't do cremation. Oh, that's a big sin. To, to burn. burn someone alive. For what? Yeah, that is al- not allowed at all. No. Wow, okay. Last question on Islam, and then we're going to jump to the mosque. When you come to the mosque for worship, you have to wash up, take your shoes off. Is that because the mosque is the holy place? It's a ritual. Okay. It's one of the conditions that we have to do the prayer. There are seven conditions. One of them is a purity called tahara. If you slept with your wife, for example, then you have to take a shower. Washing hands and face doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't do it, yeah. You have to take a full bath. But if day to day, five daily prayers... But if you take shower in the morning and you wear a socks, you don't have to take the socks out. You just wipe on it for your feet. Okay. Then there is the place must be purified. No images. So if I come to pray and I found a human picture, I remove it mm. or I cover it. So there are conditions for a prayer. One of them is washing. You must be. But suppose... You came and there is no water and there is a prayer you want to do. Then we called it it, it, it dry purification or a dry wadu. Mm. And that is to strike on the dust and then we wrap our face and the second strike we do our arm, right arm first and then left arm up to the elbow. But in certain conditions... If mm. the water is not available, if the water available, but you need it for food or a drink, then no. No, okay. Now, the Mother Mask of America. Yes, sir. What about it? Uh, is the first permanent structure to be built specifically to serve as a mask in the United States. The construction was completed on February 15, 1934. That's 87 years ago, Mom. This first mask to ever been built was built right here in City Rapids, and we are sitting right here right now in the mosque, the mother mosque. What does that mean to you as imam? And what does that mean to the Islamic community of City Rapids? Well, first I would like to say 
Thank you, Allah. Thank you, God Almighty, who brought me from Jerusalem, from the holy city. I grow up knowing the value of holy city, holy places. I grow up to respect the churches, the synagogues, the mosques. So when I came in 1983 to be the imam of the Islamic Center of Cedar Rapids, Dr. T.B. Irving took me a tour in the city of Cedar Rapids, and he brought me to this building. At that time, it was a church. So he told me that this place is called Mother Mosque of America. I looked up, it's a church. I said, what happened? He said, in 1966, the community started growing. People from all over start coming, especially after World War II. So they need a bigger place. So they raise funds and they build a new Islamic center to be able to host this number because they grow out of it. From 1966 to 1972 when they open, but in 1970 they finished the building Islamic center. Then they said, what we need the old building for? Let's sell it. Mm. And the money, we can finance the new building. The new building. So the board at that time decided to sell the building. So how, how long was it? Because people start worshiping in here from 1934. Before that, before uh, that, before that, but forty years. Okay, for forty years yeah, they were worshiping here. This building was the only place of worship for them as a house of worship for forty years. It served the Muslims. Then they move in the early seventy seventy one to the new building, and they sold this one. And they sold this to a teenage club, you know, football and uh, big bongs. But that place did not go well, so it bankrupts after that. The Cambodians, refugees, came in the early 80s. They live here, mm. like 11 families lived here. And then later on, it was rented to a church, Pentecostal. Okay. Oh, that's, that's that one on the wall right there. Correct. That was early 80s, 83. When I came, it was... Rented a by a church, yes. Then it was bankrupt, and the building started falling apart. Mm. I was the imam at the Islamic Center of Cedar Rapids. A phone call came to me from an old lady by name Mary. Mm. She said, why don't you take care of your mask? I said, hey, ma'am, it's clean. What's wrong? No, I am talking about the one on 9th Street. So I said, okay, I am coming. I came and I saw the weeds is growing. The roof is leaking. The windows is broken. So the building was basically abandoned. Abandoned. So we found the owner of the building. And we said, hey, we are interesting in purchasing, in, in purchasing the building. So we gave him the money. We start first okay. renovation and restoration From 90 to 92, February 15, when we reopened the mosque to 
to be the Islamic cultural and heritage center. Then we start working with the city in Cedar Rapids and Des Moines Historical Society. And we start applying for historical, historical. recognition. By 1996, we achieved that. Why do you call it mother? What's the, what's the relation with the word mother? Well, this is uh, what Dr. T.B. Irving, Thomas Irving, mm-hmm. coined this name. Because in his research, he is a professor of Islamic studies and Arabic language. He came to Iowa because there was a conference in the 1953. He coined this name Mother Mosque because... It was the first building in North America that was built from the ground up. To be a mosque. To be a mosque. To be a nadi, a nadi, which is Islamic club. Mm. I don't uh, think it has anything uh, to do with mother as much as it to do with language. We say the mother of towns is Mecca. We say the mother of the church, the mother of this, the mother of that. That mother mosque is the building which was erected from the ground up. So where was the Muslim community worshipped before this mosque was built in 1934? Well, it's a long story. The Muslim community here started in the late 1800s, some in Fordage, some in other cities, and some in Cedar Rapids. The Arab who are Christian and Muslim, they join hands together because of language and neighborhood. They start working together. Later, the Muslim helped the Christian community to build their church, which was built in 1915. So the Muslim helped the Christian to build the church yes, in 1915. What's, what's the name of the church? St. George. St. George, okay. St. George Orthodox Church, yes. In 1925, the Muslim community says, what about us? In 1928, the Muslims start raising funds. They bought this land. They developed this building to be the mother mosque of America, built from the ground up. So they knew They were the first one to build this no, structure. No, they did not. They, they did not. They oh, just wow. built. Now, when did the construction start? Did you say 1928, 29? Yes. Okay. That's when the Great Depression started at that time. Yes. How hard was that? And how much of, uh, I guess, the, the Muslim community were a little bit doubtful? Maybe this is not a great time to start doing it. The founding fathers of this mosque. They were simply uh, workers, they were farmers, they were traders, I mean, trading goods. So what happened is that they sacrificed a lot of energy, a lot of work mm. to save money and to start building the, the mosque, the Anadi. And then later the Christian Arabs came and helped the Muslims to help fundraise to the mosque. They went to the each and every gas station, every grocery store, every meat plant, and they told them about their project, and they helped. Building of this mosque, 
Was it the actual definition of religious freedom? Exactly. When we took our historical recognition, we didn't take it because of arts. We took it as a cultural. Mm-hmm. This was the faith of the Muslims, and that was the culture of the Muslim and traditions of the Muslims. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a symbolic of religious freedom. Yeah. The building of this mosque also brought something else which is very important for the Muslim community. their own cemetery. Yes, Islamic community in Cedar Rapids, especially the Al-Asi family. Mm-hmm. Al-Asi family donated the uh, land. Donated the land, over six acres of land. May God bless his soul and his wife. Signed the deeds to the Rose of Fertility Lodge, to the Mother Mosque, and they buried one... In 1948, I think that was the first. So we have a lot of veterans. They are buried there. Buried there, yeah. and we also today have many people are serving mm-hmm. in the army, in the Air Force, in the Marines. One of the Muslims who serve in the army, in the na- Navy, I think. Was that Abdallah Igram? Uh, yeah, Abdallah yeah. Igram. He was objecting. about uh, the dog tag, you know, that the soldiers have, necklace, yeah. they have... Their religion? Either C for... Christian. For Christian yeah. and J for Jews They, or A for atheist. So Abdullah Agram say, hey, listen, I'm not atheist. Yeah, they had Muslim as atheists. Yes. So he worked with the, the president at that time, Eisenhower... And they change that to Muslim, M. Mm. Right now, whoever serve in the army, in the Marines, in Navy, Air Force, they have M, to means Muslim. And so we are just part of America, and America is part of us. We never say they and we, we always say yeah. Americans. Yeah, and is that the only cemetery in Iowa? Muslim. No, no. Uh, in the late 90s and 2000 and up, the communities grow, 26 Islamic centers. So in Waterloo, there are three Islamic centers. They have two cemeteries mm. there. In Des Moines, they have cemeteries. But this was the first But one. But this was the first in North America even. The cemetery? The cemetery. Wow. As Muslim cemetery. Yeah. It's just just for Muslims. Okay. So in 1990, you and other members of Islamic Council. Council led the effort to restore this mosque. Yes. Why did you want to do that? Well, I am from Jerusalem, and this is a holy place and a historically place. I thought if it was a Christian place, they will have it as a museum. If it was a Jewish place, they will, you know, build a museum, a cultural center to educate the public. And you wanted to do the same thing. And this is what happened. I have that vision. I share it with the other members, and they told me, go for it. So we raised some fund, and thank God now we have a place. It has been for 31 years now. 
After the flood of 2008, there was two houses on the north side of the building. So the old people left three houses, in fact. So we bought the land and demolished the houses. As you see on the wall right now, we have plans to build a visiting center for the mother mosque. So this is the the plan right here? Yes, that okay. is the plan. So are you going to put it right here, right? Right next, there, next, yes, Okay, on yeah. this empty lot? De- detach. Okay. So we will have a new visiting center for the mother mosque in order to get el- elder who have wheelchairs or come comfortably to the building. We will have a big kitchen, dining room, and social rooms for our neighbors to have meetings. So are, are you are you envision something like a museum? Yes. Like, okay. Now, how much was the pushback from the society when the building of the mosque started? Because at that time, Islam was not really understood in America. Well, uh, to begin with, the pushback was not there. The community went to non-Muslims, to Christian neighbors, to Jewish neighbors. To help. To help, and they helped. Even Christian Arabs helped. It was a community. The large community are supporting our existence. Without them, we will not even function. We are supported by our community. We are supported by our neighbors. We are supported by the police department, the mayor. We are supported by the justice department. Now, do you think the building of the mosque in Cedar Rapids was a symbol of tolerance? Yes, it was. In Iowa? Okay. Yes, yes it is, and still, I am invited to so many churches on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, and we also invite them to come. So after the pandemic, I want to invite all churches in the state of Iowa and beyond to, to come learn, to and learn. to visit the Mother Mosque and to see this historical site. We need to help build the bridges of culture and traditions between Muslims and non-Muslims. Do Cedar Rapids Muslims understand what this place means? I think so. I think you saw today visitors came from Texas. Yeah. Visitors came from Minnesota. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing because I drove two hours from Mason City to come see this place. Yes. But you might have people locally, they don't understand this place been sitting here for 87 years. Absolutely. How, how do you get to them? Well, the good things we have very uh, much agreements or understanding with the school district. They bring the students to visit the mosque, especially those who are in history or culture, diversity. And we go to them. We go to schools, public schools. What is your vision at the mosque when you're all gone? When your time on this planet is done? What well, do you, you want to see? I want to see brotherhood, sisterhood. I want to see the American society love each other, love their neighbors, practicing the faith. It's also in the Muslim uh-huh. faith that you have to love your neighbor. That is my vision one day, is to let everybody live in peace and harmony. 87 years later, we are sitting in this building. Do you see this building being here next 87 years? I am sure.
like depressed you know it's a double warming because yeah. some muslims also die mm-hmm. in in these buildings i came to the mosque i found a bouquet of flowers a box of chocolates a oh, box wow. of a fruit with letters we love you we know that you have been good neighbors we never have any problem so that was the support the phone calls Do you need anything, Imam? Can we help? Yeah. Is there everything? I said, everything is wonderful. How did that make you feel? Feel proud. This mosque has so much significance to the community at large. And the other thing happened in 2017, March 26. The mosque in Des Moines, they have threat letters and things like that. So the FBI, the police in Des Moines, they protect the mosque. A church in Greenville, Iowa, called, says Reverend Abraham, this is uh, the church in Greenville, and we want to come and show support. And we found that the mother mosque will be like the symbols of Islam in America. Would you like us to do I said absolutely you are more than welcome yeah. come on so on March 26 many many churches they came and they hugged the mosque and that is the picture in front of you okay showing a human a shield show, a show of support a show of support yeah yeah I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that is there anything else you want to add about what people should know about the mother mosque that we didn't you think we didn't cover I want just to give a general advice to all our muslim communities to open up and to have a community day and to invite their neighbors to come to the mosque and to open you know dialogues to make interfaith councils interreligious councils to be part of the community because brother eric i know for sure you do not take your rights right away you have to fight for them you have to be up front with them and communication is bridges for humans to cross and to understand so to the muslim community please open up for your neighbors Bring them, talk about it, make seminars, make a day just for your neighbors. At the same time now, I'm talking to my neighbor, whether they are Christians or Jewish or Buddhist or Hindus or anyone. Please invite an imam, invite a local leader of the Muslim community and let them talk to your community. Let there be communication between the good people because the bad people, they will not, uh, you know, go for that. So my neighbors, please, 
visit the Muslim community. Invite the Muslim community to you and have a seminar and the kids in their Sunday schools and the adult classes. No more crusades, no more bloodshed. With that, I would like to say, Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon all of you and welcome to see the rabbits. Welcome to the mother mosque of America. Please visit. Thank you. That was Imam Taha Tawil from the Mother Mosque of America. Imam, thanks for the invite. Thanks for the gift of your time today. Anytime. Thank you, Eric, for making the effort to be here. And I am really happy to have you. Shukran lakum. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is Iowa Civil Rights History Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Eric Nganyang. Until next time, peace and love. Amen. I